Every day, 130 Americans die from opioid overdose. Some of us are in invisible prisons today, even as we try to appear free. Sales of alcoholic beverages are up 55% compared to a year ago. I believe God's going to set you free. Welcome, friends, to another episode here on the Recovering Reality Podcast. We have a veteran back on the show. My friend, Stacy Danford, educator of neuroscience. How are you? I'm awesome. I can't wait to be with your people again. I feel like this is my, like a second little home. <laughs> it's, it's, it's becoming, and I love that you love to come on because every time we talk, I, I think I texted you this the other day when we were chatting. Every time we talk, I, I feel like I get smarter. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're just listening and you and you haven't heard the other episodes, I encourage you to do so. One is labeled uh, the Grateful Brain, and the other one, I believe, is labeled Escaping the Victim Mentality. Had a couple of really good conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm excited to, to chat today about this. So I'm finishing, for, for the audience listening, I, I'm finishing... Uh, my first book. It's been a lot of work, and I'm doing some research on some things, and I'm referring some things that our friend here, Stacy, has has mentioned. And I was researching it and whatnot, and I reached out. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I reached out to you. I was like, "Hey, do you got a minute to chat? I got some questions." And you were getting ready for a football game, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, yeah. I'm getting ready for yeah. party. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I do. I'm, I'm getting ready, but I can chat for a minute. And you answered some of the questions that I had. And you mentioned something while we were talking that caught my attention that I think would be honestly beneficial for anybody, but especially people in, in recovery. And you, you turned me on to a few people, wrote some books and some talks and whatnot on some things I was asking you. Uh, but you mentioned now, correct me, and we're going to talk about this, but something along the lines how when somebody is rejected, that the emotional pain that come, comes is uh, so evident that it actually registers as physical pain. Yes. If and, I didn't say that right, but please, yes. No, and, and you did say it right. It, rejection is painful, and we all know that but we didn't know that the brain is actually absorbing it as physical pain, the same as emotional pain. It's in the same place in the brain. And what's crazy is one of the research studies showed that when people took Advil or Tylenol or whatever for their physical pain, when they took it for emotional pain, it actually helped as well because it's in the pain center of the brain. So it's, we just don't know where to point to it. We all know we've had a heartache and we've felt oh, the, the pain. You can't go through life without. Right. And, but nobody feels really sorry for you when you're in emotional pain. But yet, if you had a cast on your arm, everybody would say, oh, you know, do you hurt your arm? And we give you a little grace. People don't give you grace for emotional pain because we don't have somewhere to point to it. You know, like this hurts. There's not physical evidence of of emotional pain. Therefore, the outside perspective is this is not real. This is you're just being too sensitive, you know, get some tougher skin. But really what the research has found 
it is pain. It feels painful. It reacts as pain and it manifests itself in the chemicals just like actual pain does. It's a real so thing. Many co- I have so many questions. Okay. So let's use myself. Okay. As an example here, and you can interject your wisdom and knowledge. Okay. When I came into recovery and beginning a relationship with God, um, April, 2009, I had been rejected endless times. So much, so much so at the end of it, I had isolated myself in the middle of Nowhereville, Utah, drinking myself to death, right? Now, coming out of that, I moved to San Diego. And coming out of that, I, I began to get involved in community and relation. I, I, I was doing the work and putting forth the effort to see the change come about because that's what I was told to do. And it, it was working. But this stuff lingers. You know, I tell people, like, if you don't, get healed from your past it becomes the lens for your future right and opportunities pop up in front of you that are awesome and amazing but my lens is all jacked up and blurry because of the past and i can't see clearly moving forward and this this absolutely plays into it i don't see any way it couldn't and here I am, I was 26, it was a few weeks before my 27th birthday, 26, 27, moved to a new state, and I still just was very slow coming out of my shell. Was still skeptical of people because things that had, you know, happened to me, even though I was putting forth the effort. What, what's taking place in the process, especially for someone who doesn't even know what's going on in the process, when you've dealt with all of that and then trying change things and putting forth the effort describe some of the physiological stuff and the right things to do moving forward from that space. It's so important to have this conversation too, because when people think that it's, they're not seeing the results, therefore their brain assumes this did not work. The only problem with is that anything worth having takes time to get. We yeah. don't get healthy by eating one meal. We don't get what? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? I wish we could. <laughs> we don't get fit by working out one day. We don't create a financial security by saving one day or one week or one year. The same goes with your brain. You're not going to get a complete new habit pathway by creating one day or one week worth of of new ideas or new thoughts or even new patterns. So your brain assumes it did not work because there's no cause effect that your brain can hold on to. If we put our hands on a hot stove instantly, we we know that's hot. So your brain locks that in cause effect. Same way if you are speeding and you get a ticket, instant cause effect. So that's how we learn. When we're babies and we walk and we fall, uh, we're like, oh, I lean too far forward. Or, you know, we don't even cognitively process it, but your brain does. Your brain is putting cause with effect, which is sad that that it's like that. But when we are creating a life-changing skill or a 
a life-changing pathway, it takes multiple, multiple shifts. And you may not see the results for a year, but that does not mean it's not working. So rejection is one of those things. We feel the pain immediately, immediately mm -hmm. we feel rejected. But when we're doing the things so that we don't feel rejected, our brain has held so tightly to the cause effect of that pathway that it thinks this one is real. So, you know, you're trying to put yourself out there or you're trying you just like, this doesn't feel any better. So your brain's like, Ooh, I know what feels better. Remember when you go stay, you know, in your room for three days in the dark, remember last time you drank, it felt so much better. And that's why alcoholism is pornography, so eating yes. drugs. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. Cause you get an instant feel better. And our brain thinks this cause went with this effect. I felt better instantly, but it doesn't see the long-term effects of if you drink every day, this will happen. If you watch porn every day, this happens. If you gamble every day, this happens. All it knows, instant cause effect. I felt better. Therefore, this is better for me. Mm -hmm. That is very insightful. Let me, let me ask you this. So we get rejected. I mean, we could paint a million pictures. It happens, relationships, work, kids, finance, whatever. You could paint it in a million different ways. And all of a sudden those lies, the enemy sees it and he's like, now's the time to pounce, start yapping. See, you're not going to be able to do this. Why are you even trying? You're not worth it. You can't really figure this out. That person never liked you anyways. All this stuff comes flooding in right it my, my guess would be it still happens at times to you we live life okay. we get rejected right it happens it, you can't escape it you can't escape it can't what what goes what's some of the things you do in in the moment being able to recognize it um whether the storm if you will and 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 how does faith play into that for you i think the the <clears throat> most important thing that I've ever, ever done for myself is to understand that my homeostasis is I'm wonderfully, beautifully made. That's my middle ground. And if I am shifting from that middle ground, that is the human aspect of life, not how I was intended to be created. And so when I shift and I feel less than wonderfully, beautifully made, I'm like, oh, Stacy, you're you're in your lizard brain. You're in the emotional part of yourself. You're not in on tilt. Yeah, you're I'm tilted one way or the other. And so I now that I understand that part of the brain, I'm gonna get my brain. Get, <laughs> for those that are listening, not watching the video, she yeah. now has it. I'm, I'm like, Let me grab a hold of my brain. Let me oh. grab my brain. <laughs> plastic brain here. Okay. So this area of the brain right here, this is your lizard brain. This is the brain stem. And what kind of that what goes down it. into your spinal cord. That's yes. right. And yeah. this is the pons. And then this little tiny area right here is the limbic system or the emotional brain. And they go in order of strength. This was the strongest part of your brain. This is the gatekeeper of all of your autumn breathing, digestion, heartbeat. All, we don't think about this stuff. This is the emotional center. 
much stronger than all of this cortex. That's why when we are in an emotional frenzy, we are not thinking. We are not in our best mind. We do things we would never do. Yeah. This little part there in the middle, the, the little red part, yep. is stronger than all the rest of the brain. Yes. So talk. So what goes on in that part that's so small but stronger than everything else? This you were going to tell me, but I interrupted yeah. you. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is the emotional. This is where our emotions come from and where the signals are created. So the thalamus is right here, which is kind of like the... Um, kind of like the the boss of where it's the sender of the messages kind of like an old mm. school operator and the scent we get our information from our senses and then it designates where to go where to go where to go the amygdala is also in here where you know we all know what the amygdala does it fires and we get fight flight and freeze so mm. these little teeny things right here are so much more powerful than this because they're sending the messages to this part. And we think we've been rejected and we feel all the chemicals of it, but all this information is coming in through our reticular activating system, which is my favorite part of the brain. You because, think you mentioned that at yeah. least once or twice on the other episodes. And that's, that's your lizard. <clears throat> so the information comes, lizard says, ah, fire the amygdala. You're feeling rejected. You better go get in the in the closet and start drinking. You better go, you know, get porn. Your wife just said no. Whatever it is, your lizard cannot think, but it learns. And that's so important for people to understand. This part of your brain has no thinking capacity. That's up here, but it learns. It learns this is what you do when you feel rejected. This is what you do every time you feel sad. This is what you do every time you feel happy. Oh, I'll keep these pathways open for you because you use them eight times a day or 10 times a day or each morning when you wake up and feel like a loser. I'll remind you and I'll remind your emotions how crappy you feel about your life. And then here come the chemicals. So when I feel rejected, absolutely feel it still all the time. And I've been doing this work for 15 years, still feel it. You'll never not feel that way i hate to yeah we're that. we're being redundant but you just it's you can't escape that in life no you cannot and mm -hmm. that's what is one thing people need to understand too is when you get to a place with a better brain and a better life it doesn't mean a perfect brain and a perfect life it still means you have to do the work to get your brain to work for you rather than against you because in this moment that's how your brain is designed and it thinks it's protecting you. But when you know that you can get it to work for you. So how I get it to work for me is I separate myself from my lizard. <laughs> and I talk about the lizard brain in my Ted talk. I carried my giant lizard up on the stage. You have a pet lizard. No, it's a big giant stuffed one. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but in the middle of my TED Talk, I carry my lizard up on stage. Because people need to know you are not your lizard brain. Your lizard brain is your protector. It's your gatekeeper. And when I start feeling rejected, I always go, oh, that's my lizard thinking that this hurts me so bad. He's trying to protect me or she. And I've got, 
you know, I've, I've got to outsmart my lizard brain. So one of the very best things everybody can do is give your lizard a name. And have I talked about this on here before? No, you've talked about the lizard brain. And okay. The this particular activator. But no, you system. haven't. What's the name of your, of your okay. lizard? Okay. All right. My lizard's name is Earl. And I, <laughs> I got that from the Dixie Chick song, Earl's Gotta Die. And, oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, the hilarious. one day I heard that song, I was like, oh my gosh, the Earl in this song sounds just like the Earl in my head. So every time I feel rejected, I'm always like, Earl, there you are again. Thank you so much for protecting me. I know that's the job God intended for you to do, but I'm actually not in danger right now. I'm just feeling rejected because someone didn't answer my email or some client said, they don't have money to continue or this is my most recent one. And this is going to be super vulnerable. So sorry, all y'all. But no, was, this is good. Cause people need to know that even the experts go through the stuff and man. they just know what to do when the stuff happens. Oh, this is the funniest story, but it's so eye opening. So I was in target the other day and um, I'm supposed to go to Costa Rica in December. And I thought, oh my gosh, Stacey, you need a bathing suit because you didn't have one all of COVID or all of 2021. So I'm at Target and I was like, oh, look, the bathing suits are on sale. I'll go find me a bathing suit. P.S. Every girl knows the lighting in Target has got to be the worst in the universe. You look like part Shrek, part Wicked Witch in the <laughs> mirrors of Target. And they put a oh mirror in front of you. And behind you. So you're seeing your butt before your brain's ready to turn around. <laughs> so I put on this bathing suit and I literally gasped. I was like, oh my God. And I leaned closer to, I was like, is that me? Oh, the COVID pounds. The, I was like, they're right. I see them. I thought I was going to cry in the mirror in Target instant rejection. Like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to want to be with you in Costa Rica. You look like a big fat fatty, like you're frumpy, dumpy, lumpy, and now you're grumpy. Like this is bad. And, and all of a sudden Earl, Earl oh. is chattering. Oh, and I could hear, I mean, Earl was telling me you're going to be rejected. All the people are going to laugh at you. All the other girls are going to be in shape. I mean, it was just, Earl was everywhere. And so I recognized this is not me. This oh, is so important. So here's what I did. I always talk to Earl out loud because when you speak, I mean, think about God brought the universe into existence by speaking. Speaking has four times the neurological wiring as thinking. If you want your brain to change, you speak that thing into existence. So, I'm, I'm big on that with all my clients. I do it myself. Oftentimes in the morning, I'll just walk around downstairs, just reading the Psalms out loud, like yes. five, six songs. It's so important to so speak cool. it. It needs to be verbal. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the middle of this dressing room, literally almost in tears. And I start saying, Earl. I don't know that I invited you to come to Target, but I really appreciate that you're here. Remind you're saying this out loud in the out, dressing room by out yourself. Out loud in the dressing room. <laughs> and I'm talking and I'm like, I realize that you also know that I've gained a few pounds. And, but you know what? The people that are going to be with me don't care about what my bathing suit looks like. And I need you to go get back in the buggy. You don't get to choose the bathing suit. You don't get to stay with me in the dressing room. All of a sudden, I hear this giggling in the stall next to me in the dressing room. 
anybody was in there. And I hear this lady dying. And she said, honey, I don't know who's in there with you, but you need, you just set him straight. <laughs> I'm sure it was even more comical in Texas with the oh, Texan accents. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, because she did that, honey, which is, you know, very Texan. Mm -hmm. Honey, I don't know who's in there with you, but you sure did set him straight. <laughs> And I just started dying laughing because I had, I do this so often that I just kind of forgot I'm in the middle of Target and talking out loud in the dressing room. But by the time I, that happened, I laughed. I was out of my emotional frenzy. And this is what's so important. This is brand new research from Dr. Jill Bolte Taylor, which is fascinating. She's my very favorite neuroscientist of all time. She has found through her research that these chemicals of negative, you know, hurtful negative thoughts only last for 90 seconds. Yes. I've, yes. Is she the same one that talks about PTSD all the time? No, she does. Well, sometimes, but she's the one that had a stroke, a massive stroke. When I've she heard her talk about uh, this a little bit. It's, it's, she, please, please allow uh, me. And I just spent three day, a three day workshop with her. She is amazing because she I talk had, about this and some of the stuff with triggers yes and she mm -hmm. had a beautiful fascinating brain she was a neuroscientist I believe at Yale maybe Harvard then she had this massive stroke it took her eight years to get her brain back to where it is now now she's back at the university teaching again but because she knew what the research was she looked at her own brain scans and was able to see her whole left hemisphere had completely shut down so what she found is these chemicals that stir us up and make us feel like we need a coping mechanism that is instant cause effect. This will make me feel better right now is be only last 90 seconds. But what happens is we keep thinking it and we reactivate that 90 second clock over and over and over and over. The more we ruminate, the more we just keep starting that clock. Well, think about the people in addiction and recovery. How many jillion times do you reactivate that clock? Some of them, I mean, I know my personal rejection. I've activated it for years, years. I've thought the same crummy thoughts. So I'm just activating a continual 90 second clock. But when you go talk to Earl or talk to your lizard brain, and you get in that cycle. By the time I talk to him for 90 seconds, my chemicals have shifted back. And now I can regain this part of my brain. And I am no longer fighting in this part of my brain. And this one will take you out if you don't get over here and take control. This guy is, I mean, he's a sucker punch when you're not looking. And this part is where you want to be. I have so many questions and it's it's so, the, the, one of the biggest things that's coming to mind. I had a <clears throat> Dr. Carolyn Leaf on a while back, and she talks a lot about this, and you've talked about it as well in past episodes. But the difference between the mind and the brain. The brain Not is the, the hardware. <laughs> yes, the brain's this the hardware. The, brain. the, the brain's your iPhone. Right. The operating system is your mind. And it's so important to be able to understand it because I was actually going to mention something about that. I'm glad you did. You understand it way better 
But I talk about that in triggers because I've, I've seen one of her talks where she said 90 seconds is in physiological is, is it's going, it's pumping these chemicals through your body after 90, after 90 seconds, it's you being able to take every thought captive after 90 seconds. It's you being able to spot it and being able to recognize it's there, but that's not who I am. This lie is screaming at me right now, but it's not me. And I don't have to believe it. The storm, a storm just blew over the top of me. But this storm's not going to be here forever. Right. You know, and I don't need to follow the cloud as it goes east and just walk with it. You wow. know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to do that. And it's, it's, it's a big part. You know, I'll, I'll be honest and vulnerable too. You know, in, in writing the book that I'm writing right now, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm using my story and I'm talking about what goes on in the body physiologically. Now, obviously, I'm not an expert, but I've read a lot of books on it. And I talked to you and I've done a lot of research, but I don't have a degree or anything. Right. But what is going on in our body physiologically as we're going through these things and what's going on spiritually as all of this is happening. And I've had to deal with that in my mind because I'm putting my whole self out there. And so I've been writing this thing for years and I'm real close to being all the way. I'm I'm real close to having the, the, the final rough draft all the way done. But in the process of writing this, I've the exact same thing you're talking about. Well, what if no one reads it? Well, what if everyone thinks it's stupid? Well, what if people are like, well, your story is not that important. And what it, yada, 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 yap, 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 in the ear all day long, the enemy just yapping. And I've just found this is one of the reasons why I'm so big on a morning routine. And maybe we're deviating a little or taking a turn here, but, but in the context of dealing with rejection, of dealing with these lies that because what we believe in our mind literally changes our physical body and brain. 100%. That is your it's, bias. Mm-hmm. You talk, we were talking about that before we started recording. Yeah. yeah it's and, our beliefs, what we think of, about who God is and who we are in God or who we are in this new transformation, who we see ourselves becoming our belief system, what is going on in our mind is dictating the way our brain is operating. Absolutely. And understanding that is very empowering. It's really empowering because then the chemicals start flowing and you're able to be like, all right, okay, this is going to pass. Yes. It's not who I am. I don't have to agree with this. And we are in charge of our chemicals. But if we don't make happy chemicals, our brain will do the rest. And your brain is wired to protect you. And nobody has a course in get sad and three easy steps or feel frustrated and 10 seconds. We don't need that because our, we can do that automatically. The we world throws enough to, of that at us. Right. We've got to learn how to shift those chemicals. When that 90 seconds is up, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm putting in some happy chemicals because otherwise I'll start thinking again. It's my job. Your joy is your job. I say that every single That's day. Good. Your joy is your job and you have got to be the one who alters that. And I always use John 10, 10, probably my favorite piece of the Bible. Yeah, I love it. Yep. I think it is, what was that show? Um, the Emperor's New Groove and Kronk. And he had those two little Kronks on his shoulders. Oh my gosh. I haven't seen kidding. it, but now I might have to watch it. Oh, it's a Disney movie. Your kids will mm-hmm. love it. So my, it was one of my daughter's favorites. So one Kronk was over here and it was the bad Kronk. 
And then the, there was another cronk over here that had like angel wings and it was the good one. But I think that verse is in, those words are in the same verse. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so you may have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. And I decide every day which cronk I'm listening to, which Earl, which Stacy, whatever you want to call it, who gets to be the boss of me. And when this one comes to steal, kill, and destroy, it doesn't care if it destroys your property. Your greatest asset is right up here. And if you can- And if it can destroy this, it, it, the property will follow right behind it. You'll destroy your own property. Exactly. <laughs> if it gets you up here, and that was one of my favorite books from Joyce Meyer, Battlefield of the Mind. This is the battle. And if the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, steal your thoughts, kill your patterns, and destroy your life, easy. You'll do the rest for yourself. But I have come so you may have life in abundance to the full until it overflows. That's my job. And I purposely, after all these years, still have to do it daily because life will take you out. It just will. And there is not one shred of evidence scientifically that shows once you get happy, you'll stay happy. You have to keep putting yourself in a position to create your own happiness. And the research, in fact, shows that it is not happy people who are grateful, but it's grateful people who are happy. And that is one thing you can Wonderful paradox. do. It's so important, that shift in words. You can do that. That's our responsibility. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. I am grateful. Mm -hmm. Proverbs. Then, yeah. Then I create my own chemicals. <laughs> I got on my soapbox there. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, mean, I fit, jump back on if you want. Let, let me, and, and this, and, and the more I, I learn about this stuff here, the more I take my morning routine serious. Yes. Because ever since I very first, got clean and sober and started following God, it has been the anchor. Um, I make myself get up. My, my, I, I tell my, I, I talk to all my clients about this. When I talk, my feelings are irrelevant when my eyes open, a hundred percent irrelevant. And I say to myself, I have to get up and do it again today. I've got to get up, especially like we're all busy lives. Everyone's got different things going on. I, I get some people's lives aren't so busy, but most people, you know, and I got a, I got a business and a, and a part-time job and a three month old and a three-year-old and a five-year-old. There's no shortage of things to do. You know, as many people got plenty of stuff going on, but if I don't take that time first thing in the morning to take charge of my thinking, right. To take charge of my perspective on the day. And I sort of always default to this place. You know, the very last thing that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount was you're going to build your house on the rock or you're going to build your house on sand. So that's how you wrap the whole thing up right there. And I heard someone talking about this and it made so much sense to me. He said, you know, the reason Jesus used the definition of sand, you know, he's the illustration is because sand is rock. It's just fragmented particles. Uh -huh. It's not the rock. And so I look at that every day when I'm getting up, you know, I can, I can dwell on 
and I got rejected yesterday. I can dwell on, well, I've been working hard in this area for my business or for my part-time job or, or whatever. And it's just not where I want it to be yet. I can sit and dwell on that or I can get up and I can put my feet on the rock, my mind in the right place for the day because I'm able to notice it before lunch. It's, it's honestly maybe now, and I don't say this to brag, I say this more because I just need it that much. It's maybe once a month that I don't get up before everyone else and spend some, t- it's not often anymore, but <clears throat> I can notice, I notice it before lunch on every single time on those days. I'm like, yeah, I, I missed getting up and getting my mind right, getting the right chemicals yeah. pumping through, through my body. And how, what, a, what is your, you know, what, what research do you know about on the morning routine? What's, what's your thoughts on the morning routine? I just look at it like I want to get up, get my feet on solid ground and throw a punch at, throw a punch at the enemy before he can throw one at me. I know. Okay. I have a, the best tip takes Please. Two, minutes. two minutes. If you don't have two minutes, you don't have a very good life. Two minutes, <laughs> like two count it 120 seconds. That's all you need. So first thing in the morning, before you open your eyes, and this is what's important before you open your eyes, because once you open your eyes, you activate all the visual receptors in the brain and they're Mm. super powerful and they'll, they'll alter your, your brain waves. So we have what brain waves, I'm sure everybody's heard about that, but Delta is when you're like conked out dead asleep then you have theta which is like you're just kind of in and out and you can get into theta if you're a really good meditator i'm the world's suckiest meditator so i can never do that (laughs) but theta is like where we all are you know when the alarm goes off and we're just kind of in and out and right there that's that's the sweet spot then there's alpha which is like the awakened state and where you get, you know, when your eyes are open and you're seeing stuff. And then beta is like, I'm on it. Like I'm thinking I'm doing, I'm, I'm creating. And then GABA is like up there, but we'll, we'll go back to theta. Interesting. They use Greek alphabet yes. letters to describe it all. Describe these. So yeah. the, I use the acronym BAT. It's easy. Mm. These three in the middle are the ones you want to beta, alpha, theta. Bat. So think about your bat. I got a bat in my head. So <laughs> and a lizard. Yeah, yeah, I got a lizard. I got all, I got a zoo up here. So in the morning, they call it the fertile zone. First thing when you wake up, before you open your eyes, give yourself two minutes of gratitude. Two. Mm-hmm. And I start thinking of all the things I'm grateful for in so much detail that I get like an emotional. Feeling yeah, you've life. talked about this. It's yes. important to trigger an emotional emotion. response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just think about I'm grateful for eyes that see, for ears that hear, and for legs that take me anywhere I want to go. Like I start smiling right now because I've done it so many times. I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for a bed whose covers feel like vanilla pudding. I'm grateful for a grumpy little 13 and year old in the next room because I know I'm his source of sustenance. I am grateful for a dog who acts like he's never seen me in, you know, in, in the morning and he's going to be so excited. And I'm grateful for hot water that's going to run down my back and make me remember there are people all over the world who do not have that. I'm grateful for a home. I just start going over all the things. Two minutes. And I have a little timer on my phone. So I just reach over there and zap my alarm. And then my timer goes off. 
And I just start thinking of all the things. If you will do that for two minutes every morning, your chemicals will be so on fire. And the research shows they can last up to six hours in your brain if you start your day with that. And it's really the difference between saying, you know, oh God, it's a good morning or God, it's morning. And it's just a shift. And when you put yourself in a grateful place, remember, grateful people are happy, not happy people are grateful. I start my day with that every single day. By the time I get up, put my feet on the floor and open my eyes, I've already got my chemicals flowing. Then I walk through the bathroom and I look at myself in the mirror every single morning and I'll go, girl, you look good. (laughs) And even though I don't, I look like a crazy person. And I say my mantra, I would tell everybody out there to do this because I did do a research thing one time that, that about mantras and affirmations and why they don't work. This one will 100% work. Pick three words that you want to believe about yourself, that you want to be. So I picked beautiful, talented, and loved because those were three things I could not believe about myself. And so when you walk out in the mirror and you go, I'm beautiful, I'm talented, I'm loved, your brain's like, no, you're not. Because your belief bias will always override your thoughts. But then I went back to the Bible and I found evidence for those three words. And when Mm -hmm. I first started, I would say I'm beautiful because the Bible says I'm beautifully, wonderfully made. I am talented because the Bible says that we are all given gifts from above. I am loved because the Bible says the earth may shake and the mountains may shift, but my love for you will never move. And I said that phrase every morning for a year, every day. Now I don't need the because, because I believe it. And I'll go, girl, you look good. You are beautiful. You are talented. You are loved. You're a child of a mighty God filled with focused energy to accomplish 100% of the goals you were put here to achieve. I say that phrase every single morning. I mean, and I haven't even been up five minutes and I'm thinking, ooh, devil, I'm riding in hot today. My skates are on fire. (laughs) I'm coming in hot. I am locked and loaded. I in love less that. than so five I, minutes. In less than five minutes, you are fully equipped to face the day. Because we can't we can't dictate what the day throws at us. I mean, we got a schedule, we got a pretty good idea, but like we can't dictate that. But we can always, we're always in charge of how we respond to it. And I'm I'm big on the thankful thing. One of the things we'll do with one of my sons, right? Because you know, kids, so my, my five-year-old, he we, we, we don't buy a, a toy he wants at the store or, or, or he wakes up from his nap uh he's kind of like his mama if you listen to if you listen to this babe you know how much i love you but she it takes her a minute to get smiling when she wakes up right <laughs> and then he'll <clears throat> he'll get grumpy and i'll just i'll sit him down and I'll, you are not getting out of that chair until you tell me three things you're thankful for i don't want to do it I'm thankful for everything. I'm doing <laughs> And I'll, I'll be like, we are not, you are not moving until you tell me some things you are grateful for. And it will literally shift his attitude instantaneously. Yeah. It, it takes a minute. I got to drag it out of him. 
sometimes they'll just be like, no, I'll do two, not three. <laughs> I'm like, all right, what's the two? And it'll be like everything. Nope, nope. I need, you need to tell me something specific that you are thankful for. Mind you, he's five, right? But he'll get to it. He'll get to this something specific. Fine, I'm thankful for you uh-huh. and my brother. And <laughs> within moments, within 60 seconds, his literal whole entire countenance has shifted. And he's, he's, it, it just changes everything. It's a tool we use all the time. And I'll just, sometimes we'll just be driving and I'm not feeling grateful in the moment, right? Processing, maybe I got rejected. Processing, I got disappointed with something. Something that should be going on, it's not going on yet, right? And my wife and I will do it all the time together. We'll just be driving. I'll be like, they just start saying things you're thankful for. And we'll just like drive. We've done it for like 10 minutes. Oh, thankful we live in Florida, the best beaches in the world. The sun is shining. Thank you for this car. Thank you for everything you've done. And we'll just start going on and on and on. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, we're talking about something completely different. Forgot what was even going on. And yes. Okay. The entire day is different. This research that shows that gratitude or appreciation is the number one predictor of a healthy relationship, whether that be parent child, whether that be spouse, whether that be boss employee number one predictor of a healthy relationship is being grateful or showing appreciation. We have, okay, I'm going to give everybody a really easy thing they can do too. Cause I, you know me, I love easy tips. We well, have, listen, a, before you say this, real quick, okay. let, let me just say this because even that thing you're talking about, you're like, it takes 120 seconds, you know, like what I do with my son. I mean, it takes less than five minutes, depending yeah. on how long it takes to get him to cooperate. Uh, when my wife and I drive in the car, it's simple. It's, it's these consistent, intentional habits on a daily basis that bring about, we want the big breakthrough in our attitude, our health, our job, our da 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 And we just, we, we get frustrated because the big picture isn't changing. It's like, you got to bring that down yeah. to the micro level. And it's these small, consistent habits that we have that change those things. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about in the very beginning. Consistency is not sexy, but it's the key. Because you can't always see the cause effect immediately. But if you work out every day, you're going to be fit. If you eat healthy every day, you're going to you know, have the healthy system. If you save your money all your life, you're going to have wealth. If- I tell people all the time, the, the, the quickest way to realize how much working out consistently is helping you is to stop doing it. Yeah. And you'll like, find out oh. immediately. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so important for people to understand it doesn't take 80 minutes of consistency, literally five. If you'd be consistent with your five minutes, you would you would have something different. But OK, so one of the things we do at our house, we have this piece of paper on the refrigerator. I mean, like literally a big old white sheet of paper and mm-hmm. we just put it on there with magnets and we write things we're grateful for to other people in the house. And anybody can ride on it. And we just put things on there. And then when you go, go by, you know, we're always in the refrigerator. And we see that somebody was like, oh, my gosh, thankful for folding my shirts, you know. And I'm like, I didn't even know you noticed that. What does it make you do? Want to fold more shirts. Thank you for buying my favorite kind of flaming Hot Cheetos. And it just activates gratitude in our house. So the people in this house feel like they're worth more than, you know, just the skin suit they've got on in this home. We also do at dinner, 
everybody goes around the table and says something they're grateful for, but it has to have happened that day. That's good. And, and so I have learned more about my teenager in the moments of the gratefuls at dinner than I've ever learned any other place. And one of my favorite ones that he ever said was, he's grateful. He's the perfect mix of nerd and athlete. And I was like, Oh, do tell. And he said, because when we play dodgeball or, you know, games at PE that the athletes want me on their team, cause I'm smart enough to come up with a game plan, but I'm also athletic enough to hang. And I was like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But he was actually grateful for that. Um, another thing we do at dinner is we all go around the table and do crummies. And so we say one crummy thing that happened today and we've learned to stop looking at things as failure, but to look at them as a mistake. And there's a massive difference in your brain wiring. Failure is how your brain holds on to something forever. Failure is very permanent. Mistakes are temporary and they are the best way your brain learns. You learn oh, so more. True. Yes, you learn more from mistakes than you do from success. But the problem is we mistake a mistake for failure. And the word failure is permanent. So we go around the table and we say one crummy, one crummy mistake that happened today. And then everybody at the table gives like some new perspective because what your brain does is hold your perspective as the truth when it's only your truth. And there is a massive difference. And even from my husband, who's an engineer, he'll talk about, you know, something crummy that happened at work. And it's so funny that sometimes a 13 year old will have a better perspective than he did because he's seeing it from the outside. But we've learned to stop being embarrassed or stop being, you know, feeling rejected or guilty for mistakes because they've all, they always come. And we love our, so our crummies as much as we do. Our <laughs> Well, it's a hundred percent true. You, the, the experience is the best teacher. Oh, sure. It's always the best teacher. And the only way, you know, the way to get more comfortable in our own skin is to intentionally do things that make you uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> That's the way to do it. And I, um, as we, we, we wrap up here, I want to, I want to mention this too. This, this is one thing that I've had my clients do and I've done that is, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, <clears throat> but, uh, and I might've, sh I've shared this story on the, on the podcast before, but there's a lot of podcasts in there, uh, almost 160 for the listeners. You can go back and listen to them all, wow. but <laughs> I told her, and this just kind of came on the fly, which, uh, led me to believe this was God speaking through me in that moment. But I said, this is what I want you to do this week. Okay. Every single time you look in your mirror or, or, or the first time you wake up in the morning. The first time you look in the mirror, I want you to get a dry erase marker and I want you to write three things that you like about yourself on the mirror. And after you write down these three things, I want you to speak it out and declare the truth of it over yourself. And then every single time you look in yourself, you look at yourself in the mirror all day long, you need to say it out loud. And I got to thinking about it after that, because I, I would like to say, well, you know, I'm just, I understood things so well. I'm so brilliant. I came up with, it just came on the fly. It was just, and I've used it many, many times since. But think about it. You're forcing yourself to think about something good about yourself. You're then engaged in an activity 
and you're seeing it with your eyes, then you are speaking it, then you are hearing it. And all day long, you are seeing it, speaking it, hearing it. It literally, and, and I told her, do it every single day. And you cannot do the same thing two days in a row. You know, three, four days later, if you want to put one of the things you put a few days ago, that's different. But intentionally force yourself to start yeah. doing this. We connected the next week in our session and she had the best week she had had ever since we started working together. And I remember I was working with her for like eight months. She had the best week she had had in all the time we were, had been working together yeah. just by intentionally doing it. And she didn't even do it like exactly the way I said it. She's like, I probably did it 70% of the time. Hmm. Wow. It's so true. I just did a clubhouse room talking about this very thing the other day that the more senses you use, the more pathways you use, the more likely those pathways will stick. And my granddad was a, a doctor. And he used to tell me that when I was in college or in school, that he was like, Stacy, the more, mo, more of your senses you use, the most likely you are to remember the information. And I was like, that's goofy. But that's why writing is so important because- I love it. I journal every morning. Yes. Otherwise your thoughts are floating and a thought is not nearly as powerful as any other thought. The old thought is always going to be stronger than this brand new one you've had since last Friday. That's why willpower doesn't work. You can't change your habits without thinking them. That will never, ever work. But when you combat it with speaking it, seeing it, listening to it, especially speaking, you've got four times as many brain wiring as when you speak as when you think. Because we don't realize when we're speaking things out loud, our brains already process the words milliseconds before they come out. Otherwise, we'd just be going, hey, I mean, we wouldn't make any sense. We mm -hmm. thought what we're going to say. Then we actually spoke the words. We heard the words and our brain processed the words we just said. So now four sets of brain wiring is combating this old thought or this old belief. Now you're way stronger and way more powerful. But that's why willpower doesn't work and people can't think their way into right action. You've got to act your way into right thinking. And that action of speaking is a game changer. It really is. I just, we could, I just want to keep talking about some things. <laughs> people have got to understand their brain. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I mean, I read books on it, listen to podcasts, have you on, you know, and similar people because I want, much of it's for me. I want to learn more about it because when I, <clears throat> it's like when you, when you understand what's going on under the hood, it helps you drive the vehicle so much better. Yes. Mm -hmm. it, it, I mean, and people think they're broken. They think I'm stupid. They think I just can't get it right. They think they're a failure. You're not a failure. Your brain's working the way your brain was designed to work. It's repeating patterns. It's repeating thoughts because it thinks you think they're important. It can't do anything other than what's been programmed in. But when you understand the way your brain works, you can also use that to your advantage and shift those patterns and create new ones. And I always say your brain power is your superpower, but only if you know how to use it. Mm -hmm. and that's where the renewing of the mind yeah. that's where being in charge of the way I think rather than letting my thoughts be in charge of me it's just a complete and it's and we've 
again, being redundant, it's a never ending process. It's learning how to do it effectively on a daily basis forever. Yes. And I love that that scripture, you know, be ye transformed by the renewing, renewing of your mind. Yeah. It didn't say it gets there and stays stuck. And another scripture I love all the time is creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Steadfast means forever. Like you've got to keep doing the work. If you want a clean heart, which is what they used to think where your brain was, if you want this to be clean and functioning. Yeah, heart is referring to your mind. Yes, you've Mm -hmm. got to be steadfast. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't crumble on the first mess up. Pick yourself back up and start over. You're getting all fired up. I know it. it. I get so excited. I tell everybody, you want a bouncy butt. When that sucker falls down, bounce and get back up. Maybe that was my butt in the target mirror. It was bouncy. <laughs> well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so true. You just, you, you can't let, uh, you can't let a past mistake dictate the way you see things in the future. And that's not like, well, well, Michael Jordan was special. He just had that. Yeah. Well, Einstein or where Edison, name whoever, right? No, 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 no. They had a mentality, a relentless, they had a perspective, a a relentless approach to this. It wasn't like, well, they're just special. Yes, some people are just, Michael Jordan was clearly more athletically gifted than 99.999999% of people on the planet. But he very easily could have given up many times. Yeah. Yeah. Very easily could have given up many times. He got cut. I'll just say this quickly. He got cut from his high school basketball team at one point. Then he came back his junior and senior year and broke every record the high school had. Yeah. He he got horribly injured. I think it was his second season and sat out. I think it was three-fourths of the season. But he, and he easily could have been like, well, I had my shot. You know, now I have to, I think it was his ankle. Could have given up, but he was relentless rehabbing it and came back and had the greatest career ever. I mean, yeah. it's it's a perspective and it's a mentality of mistakes don't mistakes don't define me. No failure, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't define me. And I think that's people talk about resiliency all the time, and that's kind of just a fancy word for how bouncy are you when you fall, get back up. We've all fallen down. I mean, my gosh, look at David. Good not of all the people in the Bible, he was a right, murderer. Gosh. He was an adulteress. He, I mean, he did everything. But while walking with God, yes, not before. Yeah, while, yeah, while <laughs> in a relationship with God, if God can use him, goodness gracious, we're out of excuses. <laughs> yeah, because he was stinking bouncy. He bounced back up. Get bouncy. That's my goal. That's <laughs> what so I'm going to call this podcast. Get bouncy. Get bouncy. <laughs> Well, oh, once again, thank you so much. Oh man, let me do this. How? So someone's listening to this and they didn't hear the other ones, whatnot. And they're like, man, she's got some good points there. I would like to check her stuff out. What? Uh, how can they? What, what's your website? What's your Instagram? What? How can they? How can they find you? Okay, they can find me on Instagram at at Stacy Danford, Stacy with an I. I try to put daily practical brain tips on there all the time yeah it's great i love it (laughs) and my website is thegratefulbrain.com but i have a brand new um little 37 dollar download only for people who listen to podcasts it's not on my website but it's 10 days 10 ways to reboot your brain 
it's 10 practical things you can do in very short amount of time. But if you go to the grateful brain uh, forward slash boost and you can boost your brain. Oh, that's fantastic. And there's a million other free downloads on my homepage too about complaining and happy chemicals and all the things. Gratitude. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate it. We, we covered the rejection thing and some other ones as well. Lots of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It actually hurts. What are you going to do when it hurts? Talk to your lizard. When your lizard keeps attacking, get bouncy. Get bouncy. That's you just summed up the whole thing right there in 10 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again for coming on. You're so welcome. And thank you guys for joining us again here on another episode of the Recovering Reality Podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Recovering Reality Podcast. If you're looking for more recovery resources to help you in your journey, you can access our YouTube channel, a free ebook, our podcast and blogs through recoveringreality.com. You can also connect with us about recovery coaching, sober companionship or interventions. And if you're looking for treatment for you or a loved one, You can reach out to a very well-respected treatment center called Banyan Treatment Centers at 866-942-8154.